listeners, and welcome to episode 19 of Girls Interrupting. This month, we hope you joined us in reading Alison Bechdel's tragicomic memoir, Fun Home. With me, as always, is Bechdel test passer B. Yes, that's me. Funeral home director Jackie. <laughs> okay. And English lit aficionado Monica. Actually, yeah. <laughs> that one's pretty true. I'm Shelby, and my life also will soon be turned into a Tony Award-winning musical. <laughs> oh. This was turned into a musical? A yeah. Tony Award-winning musical. Oh Shelby's is going to be called what? The Handsome Twins. That's true. What could the Co-starring feature. be? <laughs> um, I mean, we could look it up later. I actually looked up, um, I think they performed at the Tonys, and I think I looked at the trailer. Um, and I, I mean, there was like two songs. There was like one of like her and her two brothers singing like at the funeral home, like singing the funeral home song, and... Uh, did it have the phrase fun home in it? I think so, yeah. Oh, my God. Jesus. I mean, it was, um, it looked pretty good. The kids actually looked really talented. Sure. And there was a ham for ham with the kids on well, it. And I mean, oh, they, they made a, uh, a musical out of the color purple, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can make a musical out of a lot of different. I think you just take a source material and, you know, have someone mm-hmm. write the book up and. Uh, Why not? Right. And there you yeah. go. So anyway, before we really get into the main event, let's ta- see what's new from the bullpen. B, I heard you were excited about certain space developments. Guys, Star Trek is coming. Woo! And wait, you're excited I about Star Trek? I'm so excited. Like I'm shocked. I'm gonna burst. <laughs> uh, there's the I'm wearing my nice clothes today. Um the 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 most recent rumor swirling around is that the event the series is gonna be focused around might be the Federation Klingon War, which would be pretty interesting. We're all uh, nodding. Yeah. Yeah, we're like, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean yeah, because if you don't know the don't. the the series is going to be set ten years before Kirk, so it's ten years pre TOS, and so that makes that post a significant portion after Enterprise, though, still right? Yes, because okay. mm-hmm. Enterprise was a hundred years before Kirk. Okay, so this is like ninety years after Enterprise, Enterprise. the one with Scott Bakula and the yeah. dog. God, yeah, that's so fucking terrible. <laughs> like, let me tell you, that one was bad. I watched that one because I love Scott Bakula, but I could not do it. No, I love Star Trek like so much. And I gave everything I had to try to like that show. But when they found frozen Borg corpses under the North Pole, I went, nope. I'm out. <laughs> Fuck this show. Um, Wait, it, like the Borg a- had been here before yes! us. Which doesn't make here. any sense because we don't meet the Borg until Picard. And we meet them in the fucking Delta Quadrant. For all you know, they were here visiting Beatrice. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the new Star Trek series will be run by Brian Fuller, uh-huh. who did Hannibal mm-hmm. and... The New American Gods. Yeah. And... I can reference something that's not even out yet. Like, well, he's... I don't know. I'm excited he's about that, looking too. for a solid he resume. He did uh, the Addams Family. Or no, he did the... Um, <laughs> Didn't you do, like, Pushing Daisies? Yeah, I did Pushing like Daisies yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, the one where the girl's dead. Dead Like Me. Oh, God, I love that show. I love Dead Like Me. But, yeah, uh, I, I, but this I, one's supposed to be centered around... Did you around... do the weird one in Canada with the talking figurines, too? Yeah! Oh, Wonderful! Oh, my gosh! Wonderful! Yeah. Wonderful! Yeah. Yeah. Yo, this Star Trek's gonna be weird as yeah. shit. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm yeah. so Brian excited. Muller's a nut. And brightly colored, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we talked about how it's gonna have a lot more aliens in it. So yeah. And it's gonna be centered around a woman... Mm-hmm. who is not the captain i actually really like that his uh, his whole statement of like you know i thought about doing it for the captain but we've seen that story mm-hmm. five times now so i feel like it's played out yeah so so she's going to be a lieutenant commander um and so some of her supporting cast is going to include like a lady admiral and um like 
uh, think of a male captain or a commander on a different ship. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Also, I like that it's going to be like a novel too. He said so. Each episode. Oh yeah, it's going like to be like a, a chapter. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like more like a Netflix series. But I think that that yeah. tracks because of the program they're doing it on. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. their digital. Um, oh, CBS, CBS All Access. Yeah. And then they're also going to change it up every season. So it's going to be kind of like American Horror Story, where it's a different cast every season, or at least well, American Horror Story is um, same cast, different story. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that they that they want to do different stories, and so I think that's I, great. Kind of like a, a vignette series, like that's kind mm-hmm. of a, like I don't know. I feel like that could be like you, you have to be, like put your brain on pause and believe that all these weird things are happening to this one crew. When in reality, right. in reality, <laughs> it would not be like that. Yeah, yeah. So the idea that because Star Star Trek is such already an established, I mean, literal universe um, that there are so many different cool things that you can do with it, and so to to hamper yourself by being stuck with one ship and one crew or one space station and you know that this idea that you have different stories and you do all kinds of different things within your same series i think is really cool i agree it'll be fun january Speaking, cannot get here fast and enough. this is just what is gonna the only thing that's gonna be talked about in our house until january yeah, yeah. Yep. this podcast will be changed <laughs> in january to the star trek podcast Girls interrupting. Discover. It'll discovery. be like it'll be like Monica and Jackie got sick. Um, so it's just B and Shelby doing the Star Trek. <laughs> it's crazy. So Speaking weird. of space, that's right. Um, and the Captain Marvel reboot, they uh, they did an interview recently where they're talking about actually changing her origin origin story in the new movie. But changing from from the original or changing from Kelly Sue's. Well, I mean, Kelly Sue's draws on the original, the original. because Ke- she, Kelly Sue didn't reboot. Kelly- I guess I mean, I guess I mean, are they changing her origin story so that she is wearing pants or are they changing her origin story like completely? It's, it's supposed to be make it less about space. Apparently, right? I think they're trying to make it less like the Green Lantern movie that failed. Yeah, but so essentially so they don't. Yeah, Sorry. they think we'll get confused between the Green Lantern or okay, so story she's not. And that one. So they're literally going to change how she gets her powers. Yes. I mean the pro- I mean the problem with speculating this early right, is we, don't we know. Don't, they they just said that, that things are will be a little I mean, different. I mean Green Lantern and hers they're not that they're not the they're, only the only thing that's the same is that the powers come from space, but like that's half of the well, either universe. I would say my my one thing the reason why I'm probably not getting super angry about it is that her, her <laughs> original origin story is pretty dumb yeah that there's like a guy who comes from oh, space wasn't it like some sort of like there's an explosion there's like a machine well, that explodes she literally gets her powers from standing close to a dude that has powers yeah, yeah. so if that's, that's the part okay, that's fine. getting changed that's not a terrible thing you're not, yeah. you're not yeah. running i just don't want to lose the flight suit and the mohawk i don't want to go oh, back to the leotard oh, and oh, that's not the goddamn sash you can't fight with a nine foot sash hanging off your hip i want the mohawk and i want the flight suit I, I will give you the flight suit. I bet the Mohawk's probably a, a coin flip. Yeah. Well, and have we had actually recorded since they announced Brie Larson? Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. I thought we did. I thought we talked about it. No. No, we didn't. We talked about not talking about it because it would be too far gone from San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, no. well, here we Mother. are doing it anyway. <laughs> uh, that picture of Brie reading um, oh my God. the Captain Marvel comics makes me really happy. Oh, my God. I have a story about that. I reblogged that with like a heart eyes emoji and she fucking liked it. Brie Larson knows who I am. Brie Larson knows who I am. Captain Marvel knows me. I'm sorry, I'm fine. We've, we've had some really, we had a, a run of really good luck with likes and retweets. I mean, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio replied to one of our Bam Pow tweets. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I lost that's not mind. this podcast. So Look, I buddy. Don't, hey, don't hey, that's, that's on the same network and it was very cool. Vincent no cross promotion. Knows who I am. <laughs> it's crazy. My news has nothing to do with comics or, well, kind of pop culture. 
I would say pop culture. Uh, The trailer for Hidden Figures dropped today. um, And it's the movie about the women of color, mostly black women, who helped do all the math to get a man on the moon in Mm -hmm. the 60s. They are working for NASA. They are working for NASA. And it's Taraji P. Henson, Janelle Monae, and Octavia frickin' Spencer. Yeah, I was watching that trailer today. And I was like, yeah, there there are my two girls over there. And then I'm like, who the fuck's that? Who's that? And then my brain knew who it was. And I was like, I recognize her. It doesn't look like her at all. It's so crazy. Because she's not wearing like a fucking tuxedo and looking fly as hell. Right. Well, I mean, she looks fly as hell. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's a a given. Um, Also, she has the best lines in the whole trailer. (laughs) Every time we do something, they move the finish line. And then her last Line, oh my god the where that guy is like would you want this if you were a white male and she's like i wouldn't have to want it i would already be an engineer and i was like boom motherfucker yeah i was watching that in my room and i threw my hands on the air and went oh shit yeah, yeah. sick burn yo also side note pretty sure i saw our boy hardison in the background yes yes he's in this film i had i had a pause and i went holy shit that's eldest i'm pretty sure he's the one that marries janelle monet I'm pretty sure. He's Speaking of uh, Aldous Hodge from the program Leverage. Yes. yes. Sorry. <laughs> as well as uh, Friday no Night Lights and many other good things. And also right now he's on um, the Underground. Underground. Which is also excellent. He's also on The Turn, which is weird. I will say I'm a little bit worried that it's coming out in January. Okay, but January is not the hellscape it used to be. Mm. Deadpool you- came out in February. That's what February. Did? Deadpool. Well, Deadpool came out at Valentine's Day, which I think was yeah. a deliberate marketing move. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it is a hellscape, but I think it's not as bad as it used to be. I mean, I just like I mean, it's going to sound dumb, but it's like I'm almost just really happy this movie got made. Yeah, I'm just excited. Yeah. It exists. Mm-hmm. Um, because it feels like one of those things like a post you you see on Tumblr that like, why are people talking yeah. about this? Why? Well, well, like, like a mocked up one sheet. Yeah, or like a story that you know should have been told, but mm-hmm. like never would. And I'm, I'm, I was really excited to see. Well, it and it looks like happen. a lot of what happens to them. They in the trailer, I'm making a lot of assumptions here, but <laughs> it looks a lot like everything that happens, they push for, and it's less like white males give it to them, and it's more they made their voices heard or banded together or pushed hard to get into that room to get onto that team. And I hope that it's mostly that story. And obviously, mm-hmm. there are going to be moments when a, a white man I mean, gives Kevin it Costner's to them. in the movie. So. No, I know. Yeah. He's going to be well, the guy who finally makes the decision. But I like the idea that, like, before it's really brought to his attention, they're making their own space. Yeah, because I get pretty frustrated with that in movies where the, the story is supposed to be about someone who is disenfranchised making a space for their own, that it's about the women of color or it's about... Um, you know, somebody other other than a white man doing a thing. Indigenous but then, American people. Yeah, but then it becomes about this heroic white, white man, man who who broke who all the rules the to support these. No, fuck you. They went to school. They got those degrees. I'm fine. Oh, yeah, so guys, I, I'm pretty riled. I get. I I got so mad about like. Um, so we get uh, fuck, starting with suicide. What squad. was I'm saying that. Sandra Bullock movie about how she saves that. Oh, um, oh the, the football one. Um, yeah. I was just thinking about this. The Blind Side. The blind side. And I'm like, God damn it. This movie should not, it's not about Sandra Bullock. <laughs> but she saved him. <sighs> and it didn't I, matter to her. I hate myself, but I love that movie. Or like white girls who love the help. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I, I read that book in like two days and I also like that movie. I'm the problem. Uh, Check your privilege. <laughs> Look, I I understand they're problematic, but yeah. like, I guess I mean, watch them. There's nothing you you can like it as a problematic thing as long as you recognize it. I understand. Yeah. I it's fully problematic, and I don't appreciate that part. But also, I really enjoy them. So anyway, that's bullpen stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Some heat coming from the bullpen, guys. I like it. 
So this month we read Fun Home, a memoir written and drawn by cartoonist Alison Bechtel. Not fun. <laughs> the book details her complicated relationship with her father as she grows up in small town Pennsylvania in the 70s. We see her deal with death, coming out, great American novels, and the cold distance her family kept from each other. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good summary. <laughs> um, so uh, I think we all probably know Alison Bechtel best from the so-called Bechtel test, which she actually... Not that she's. Stri- I actually didn't know that was her. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Had no idea. Yeah, I was like, oh cool, that's a name. That's the same name. I have no, no idea. she wrote it. Um, she was she wrote a comic. I think it was in the eighties. I think it's, it's that called was a long time ago. Yeah, Dykes to Watch Out For, which is a great comic name. And um, it, it's actually her friend that came up with the idea, and she just wrote, wrote it in the comic. And so she feels she gets credit where she shouldn't get yeah. it. Oops. Um, but for listeners, I'm sure there are none of you who don't know what this is. <laughs> um, but the test where uh, you know, if is there are it- two women on. In order to pass this test, this baseline bottom level test, there has to be two women in your in your script that talk to each other about something other than a man. Anyway, that's how most people probably know her. Sadly, most films fail this test. You would assume that they would all pass, but it is not the case. Nope. But anyway, um, this was her memoir that came out, I think, in two thousand and six. And I mean, I I mean, it's literally called a tragicomic right on the cover, and uh, it's happy. It's not. It's not hiding what it is. What I realized halfway through is. I think I read this in 2006. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was working at the bookstore. I was working at Barnes Noble, and I'm I'm pretty sure I read it when it came out. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it that felt very familiar. Also, I got a lot of really bad flashbacks to college lit classes. And I mean, I, I thought that was like I mean, because that literally is her God, dad. Heavy-handed, Jesus. I well, think I think my big problem with it was I hadn't read most of those things. No. I was never a literature major, I, I and I never loved that sort of literature. To yeah, be honest that's, with you, it's boring old white men shit. Yeah, and so because I hadn't read it, and she tries to, she does try, it, but like um, you have to know the premise of most of the books. And, I mean, you do and you don't, and I think part of it is that she's failing to that connect with her dad on so many things because he is this guy that likes those sort of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's such a huge part of her connect and disconnect with him is these old white men's stories, you yeah. know, and how he uses them, you know, to shoehorn in his sexual, like, conquest and and to do this and that. Where it, I mean, it's very distasteful. And I thought, like, I don't know, this this the incredible complicated relationship of loving someone or that's done horrible things mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's ugly and it's hard uh, you know yeah yeah i think that for me i would also agree that since i've read almost none of these um it, it was hard for me at times to concentrate when she was quoting big chunks of this text because i vehemently did not want to have to read these other things that she was hey, alluding man, to i read 90 percent of that shit that she mentioned because i am an english major <laughs> and that was basically my college career and i still didn't read that shit you didn't have to read those passages you missed nothing <clears throat> i yeah i skimmed over most of those but then the problem was is because i was skimming i had trouble emotionally connecting to a lot of it because i wasn't yeah like i don't give a I, shit about ulysses here's Sorry. the thing i had problem emotionally connecting because i have a deep and abiding hatred of f scott fitzgerald so like the fact that that's the first real book she uses to compare to her father and like his life with her mother. I was like, oh my God, why is that a positive? So then I, I don't think to, like, it was a positive. Well, no, I think it was the comparison. The way that yeah. she like, I don't know. It felt like, I think I mean like the dad thought it was a positive. And well, so then that, I'm that's, like, that's how you draw from his. Right. So my initial reaction to this guy is I fucking hate you because well, yeah, you love I mean, Scott I, Fitzgerald you, and James him. goddamn <laughs> Ulysses is a P. Pe- okay, I'm fine. No, go, uh, go. Yeah, no, I mean, I think 
I actually found the metaphor, whatever, for the house a little bit more that interesting. That was a more interesting metaphor, mostly because mm-hmm. it didn't enrage me. <laughs> well, yeah, because I, I think at that point I was still sort of, maybe we hadn't gotten the, the bombshell of, oh, yeah, and he used to sleep with teenage boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like sort of still trying to understand how their relationship worked and what what was making it's so cold and unwelcoming in this home. And I think I still had a little bit more empathy for him at that point. But by the time I was done, I was like, no, you're the worst. Um, I, I felt for her trying mm-hmm. to find ways to connect with him. But then about partway through when she's drawing parallels between them because they're both queer and because they both struggled with that. And she's she's trying to find ways to say, I am like my dad and my dad and this is like me. I started getting angry on her behalf as if she's my friend sitting next to me saying my dad and I are the same. And I'm like, no, that guy is terrible. And you should not compare yourself to him because you have made good choices in your life. And he has good thrown- choices with very little direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has thrown all his choices away and ruined the lives of everyone in his circle. OK, well, made their lives harder. Um, okay really. yeah and it, but it, i mean this is where overly empathetic me comes in right and his choices were a lot more limited than hers i we had this conversation like in the you know I'm in the 50s side. you don't get to choose to he be didn't, queer in the 50s no, you marry and you have babies exactly mm-hmm. and so his like even when he's writing her letters and he just like almost can't believe that she can be openly and like lesbian choices. Mm-hmm. exactly it, it feels like to him like black sitting at the white table, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's not um, a thing that was done. And I think there's you have almost the, uh, I don't know, like because when you were talking about earlier about how you you have these different facets of the relationship at different, like you know the seven sections and how they mm-hmm. have different, and it's like this progressive, like you find out more and more, and you, yeah, and it's like it's just so similar to the to how she finds more and more, and like I think even at the t- up into the point in her life where he kills himself or doesn't kill himself right. and or whatever, either there was a snake. Or he saw that truck coming. Yeah. And I mean, I think it was really interesting what that, that she so firmly decided that, yes, he killed himself. Yeah. Because I think of the insight she thinks she found with him, you know, throughout well, the course. Because I think a lot of it's the reflection. Is mm-hmm. that she, It comes up to the point of the life she lived with him. And then so much of it is the coming down of her going through her past and, like, reading her diaries mm-hmm. and, like, you know, trying to piece together. piece together what his state of mind might be. And I don't know, like... Well, I was thinking it might even... She made a passing... Not really passing. It was a couple of pages, but she made a connection between um, Fleet Week, that, like, 200th celebration where everybody came to New mm-hmm. York. And a lot of people believe that's the beginning of the HIV pandemic in New York and America, mm-hmm. is that, like, long-ass super gay weekend. And I was thinking about it, for all we know, five years later he found out he did have AIDS or he did have HIV and maybe he just didn't tell anybody and it's not something they would have checked for, you know? And so maybe that is like subconsciously inside of her driving this idea that he killed himself, that it's just easier than having to like put everybody and himself through all that nonsense to just step in front of that truck. Well, it's because it, it, what it was, what that her her inability to know one way or the other really resonated with with me because that's that's so real life feels so real to me because in reality you don't always get closure you You don't don't always get a clear answer um and my dad had a brother who in the 70s just vanished that he got in a car at my grandparents house with a friend of his to drive out to la 
uh, they got two letters from him over the next six weeks, and then he just vanished off the face of the earth. And they never found out what happened to him because sometimes shit just happens and you don't get an answer and you just sort of have to live with it. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. this was her way of, I think, trying to find as much closure as she could. That's why I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, she so definitively said, yes, he killed himself because she needed one way or another, even though she knows it can never be 100%, mm-hmm. she needed to say, this is what happened. Yeah. yeah, and I think sometimes you just have to make that answer for yourself. Yeah, that um, because it can give you it can give you comfort that even if you in the logical part of your brain know that it might not be true, mm-hmm. if you if it's something that you can accept, it it lets you put a close to that chapter, I guess. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of about acceptance in this of like going through her diary as mm-hmm. she's describing her her entries about how how much she self censured like she was um writing it for somebody mm-hmm. like was she writing a story for someone that might be someone else that might mm-hmm. be reading or is she writing it for herself saying well if i don't put down all my you know gay thoughts or i don't put down all of my scary thoughts or if, then they don't exist or something like that like that's actually the part where i kind of disconnected is like when she started and she did the little funny loopy thing for I think, because she was mm-hmm. terrified of declarative sentences. I thought that was so weird. And it's not anything I've ever really experienced in my life. Because, you know, I had a I had a diary and all that stuff. And the this idea that she was so afraid of, like, facts, I guess, or being wrong about facts. I just, like, kind of checked out. Because I, all I could think is, it's your goddamn diary. Whatever you want to happen, happen. Like, just write down what you did that day. And if you know you were there for it, like... Why is it I think my friend came like you're so that's where I kind of mm. I like fell out of the book a little bit is going through I think through in that. some ways, though, because her childhood was so devoid of herself, you know, like her bedroom wasn't even allowed to be hers. Yeah. Right. He decorated that bedroom. He told her where to, you know, but what wouldn't I mean? then the diary be the one place that could be all herself and well, so maybe, then wouldn't the, it be declarative statements and what she really thought? if if she but i i'm not sure she Remember understood her first herself. diary was something that her father gave her to keep track of things but i i, I kind of felt like she didn't know how to do that yet you know what well, i mean, I mean like, she wasn't shown how well, to do anything yeah, yeah. and i for, for me anyway the the loopy thing felt to me as uh the beginning of her obsessive compulsive mm-hmm. stuff that well, no i know that, that. She, i mean that was very clear yeah. i'm just saying like it just felt that's kind of where i fell out of it a little bit is i didn't really i like, can understand like you're you're mad that he didn't make better choices and mm-hmm. i super get why he didn't like to that time and it reminded me a lot of my grandmother and she had to make choices because it was expected of her and all she really wanted to be was a scientist she ended up married to a long-haul gas trucker with three babies like not what she wanted mm-hmm. and so like i get that part but this part of it where she like somehow on not on purpose but she developed her own anxieties and then like worked them away and they were never mentioned again like that's not i just feel it felt strange to me that's not how obsessive compulsive works that's not how anxiety works and it just felt kind of weird well, I well mean, as a kid the way that she fixed it though was her mom was her diary and at that point that's sort of like a therapist right because she's actually talking about everything that happened with her mother as she's going through i mean once you start counting stuff obsessively that that's not a thing that it's not it doesn't just I mean I don't it's, it's it's something when I was a kid about that age I had a counting thing I mean I still have problems when windshield wipers go is what I'm saying yeah like, and it, it is something it just that felt I think, weird that like she developed them what felt on purpose and then like they just fell away I don't know it just I don't know I don't know very clearly define how she got rid of them. yeah because I, I thought that I the whole like like summer of her mother dictating mm-hmm. her, she said it took months yeah yeah and because the stuff. whole from beginning to end I think was only about a year yeah 
from. I don't know. Maybe I've, I had a, a better childhood, so I just can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't get it. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, kids do It was like things. the one piece of this where I just, there was nothing in there that I connected with. Yeah. So I just kind of, I was like, well, okay, so this is like stuff. And then we got to like, we got out of that into stuff that I could see from my own life experience or my own, my parents or whatever. And mm-hmm, I got back mm-hmm. into it. It was just that one little piece that I thought was real weird. And I was like, just write in your stupid diary. What the shit? <laughs> All right. What else? Um, I like the part that really resonated with me was uh, the little bit where she talks about how I think as the oldest daughter or the only daughter um, of, of this particular man to where, she, you know, he's somehow pushing her to be more feminine because he wants to express it mm-hmm. and, and he's not allowed to. Mm-hmm. And she sees that in him as a weakness and therefore tries to become as masculine as possible to become well, yeah i also liked about that that um he thought he was being masculine and wasn't able to be feminine but what she saw was he wasn't masculine enough mm-hmm. and was too feminine for a dad and so exactly she was like covering i thought that was really interesting. yeah it's like they were so rigidly in and not in their gender roles yeah. and they were trying to fix each other basically you know and it just makes you sad to think that i mean it's only what 40 years ago 30 40 years ago Mm -hmm. when you're realizing that's what you have to do and you know that realization that she has in the diner where she sees this woman she's like that's everything and she's like oh my god i didn't know that that was possible like that was like you know it's the wool coming over out of your eyes sort of thing like a revelatory moment and that's actually one of the songs in the musical was this girl (laughs) seeing uh um the the woman truck driver for the first time the I say in, in that scene and a couple other scenes, I think she calls her dad like a sissy and a pansy mm-hmm. and stuff. And she mm-hmm. refers to that, that trucker as a bull dyke. Yeah. And everyone, because every once in a while she would use like a phrase or something. And I would, I cringed away from it well, a little it's bit. It's very like her generation. Like that's very like college in the 80s and like mm-hmm. in the 90s. Even yeah. if she wrote it in 2006. Like, yeah. And I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell her what words she can and cannot use. But as but reading it as, in flinch. 2016, yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I flinched away from it a little bit because I I wouldn't would feel uncomfortable using that yeah. terminology. Yeah, and I don't think any of us would because we wouldn't. I mean, she would probably say that she's allowed to use that because that's her that's her, her crowd. That's what she yeah. Grew, and I'm not going to tell her. I'm and, not going to yeah. police her language. Yeah, but, but I think it's weird. it's a very like different time. Like in those in those days, like I think um, within the queer community, mm-hmm. there's there you had to have your rigid. Um, yeah, even in, inside even that in the queer, you yeah. had to have your you had to be who you were. Are right. you going to be butch? Or are you going to be femme? Right, there was are no gonna... butch femme. There was no person who was yeah. A little bit you of you you picked and you identified because you had to clearly fit in. How do you fit in? There's no there was no queer spectrum. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know you you fit into these very specific slots. And I think um, you know, I mean I think the one thing that we can take from this is just like how much better it is now versus even 20 yeah. years ago versus 40 years ago and even like versus ascot fitzgerald versus mm-hmm. um it's the guy the oscar wilde oscar, oscar wilde, wilde who fucking and went I, to jail yeah like well for possibly doing bad things other yeah. stuff as yeah. well yeah yeah you shouldn't go to jail for being gay but but if you were having sex with 17 year old yeah. boys yeah maybe that's so much but just this idea like like now the biggest thing that older generations are like trying to make fun of young generations for is like the need of trigger warnings and how important safe spaces are and like that's where we've gotten where you know everything is kind of a little bit or a lot better and so you can be inside the queer community and you don't have to only be a bull dyke you can actually be a butch femme you can be anything that you want and still fit in yeah that we that i feel like it's it's something that you know 
we're, we're still working on but right. we're, what we're that we're getting better at is it creating spaces in which you can be just exactly you exactly who you mm-hmm. are that you don't necessarily have to conform to one thing that you or don't pick one and hope you were right yeah, yeah. or that yeah because i've seen a, a lot of stuff of um women who are in their their late 30s or their 40s and who are talking about how they got slammed from the queer community if they said they were a lesbian and later on they married a man mm-hmm. um about how oh well you know you were faking it the whole time yeah. like no maybe she thought she was a lesbian and then she fell in love with a guy and they got married you know stuff happens you know you don't know everything about yourself from yeah. day one yeah i kind of wanted to know how i mean they it kind of came about how like her parents met but i want to know how they ended up deciding they were in love and getting married like I that seems so strange in the 50s you don't, i think i think you, you just got along for long you, enough you you look at your watch and you say well it's about that time you kind of look around and Honey say wrote her some really good letters yeah and, and it was so I know. well the great thing about that was i think it's easy for him to do that to disassociate with who he's writing letters with and he's he's putting on a performance right you mm-hmm. know for this and he's like well i can be in love with this woman from a distance right and, you know and he well, can, and he she's can, receiving those letters with the mm-hmm. uh, with the expectation that she has to find a husband and that this is what's going to happen and she's going to have this great love, you know, and then it starts to materialize in the form of those letters. And then, so she marries something that she didn't expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, her, her, I mean, I, I was, I was vacillating between like, like really, really deep sadness for her because of this life that she had to lead with also a little bit of grudging respect of how she continued to like do the plays and to to play her music. But also she seemed, she seemed to have, still this distance from her family as well well yeah. it was so, she was so much more interesting than the dad i think just because like she's committed to being this wife she's committed to being this mom and it was very clear in the books that when dad wasn't home they were a warm family to the best degree she could do but much warmer than her father but the second dad came home there was no more fun in the house it was all chores and work and him being weird and cold and mean yeah and so i like this idea that she was actually a pretty good mom she had moments where she had to do stuff for herself the piano playing or the thesis or the 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 um acting stuff but mm-hmm. i i found it so interesting that you know she knew eventually she found out who she had married and i think she, she like i had the feeling she knew for like, a long time i yes. think so too mm-hmm. i think she knew from probably most of it well, and i just like it's so interesting to me the kind of a person who can buckle down and get a life that they don't particularly hate out of such a weird and kind of awful situation yeah i think she wrote another book about her relationship with her mother that I, i'm kind of interested yeah to read. yeah yeah because i'd be interested uh, to see what that's about yeah because this book was so much about her and her dad it was just about her and her dad that you her you only got to really see her mom at the edges of that mm-hmm. yeah um every like every once in a while you saw her reacting to a situation um like when the dad was like oh i want to bring my therapist over for dinner and she's like no that man could come in here over my dead body because she's pretty sure he's banging that guy oh no they're definitely banging and And she's like him too are you kidding me yeah i like that this dude just fucked everybody yeah well because at least no that one was still weird but at least the in that situation it was the therapist who was in the position of power right because so often it was his students or mm-hmm. the young guy he had hired to do the gardening mm-hmm. or the um, babysitter or the which babysitter is so cliche which is like, just so creepy because he's always the older man in the position of power in that situation and the, like the one of the more horrible things is like for those guys those those teenagers like they're not even allowed to admit what happened to mm-hmm. them right and the, doesn't one even apologizes one says sorry at the end of it yeah, at the end of the so up, after awful. the trial yeah. yeah 
when all he was trying to do was protect his brother. I mean, yeah. if, if this well, is... Well, it was so funny, too, because I kept waiting, like, in the transcripts or when it had, like, we read the police report. I was waiting for it to say, like, what happened mm-hmm. in that car. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that was never mentioned is just, like, a great example of toxic masculinity and how hard it is to live up to that bullshit. And, yeah. like, what you can and cannot talk about, what can and cannot happen to you, and then having to, like, hide what actually does. Yeah, oh. that I could really feel the the panic in the older brother when mm-hmm. he pulls back the curtain and he sees his younger brother getting out of that guy's car yeah. because he knows what that situation is because probably it happened to him yep. oh and most he's, definitely and so i just all i could feel was how how much he wanted to stop this mm-hmm. so that something bad didn't happen well, to his he brother but he, he was he should yeah but he but he couldn't he couldn't go all the way mm-hmm. which i i completely understand that you can't that he that this this like what 19 or 20 year old kid could not stand up in a court and say this guy molested me or this Mm -hmm. guy talked me into doing sexual things Mm -hmm. with him also like how much chemistry does this guy have that he can just like how how did he do this how did he do this to so i don't know there's at least what's not chemistry it's predatory i guess but like it just seems like they were all 17 18 19 years old well they it's seem, not, they're not 12 they're not like brand no. new to this but it you seems know like what I mean? Mo- like it just seemed so weird no but like a 17 year old girl I, I think we associate men for some reason as being older but like at 17 a 17 year old woman who gets like talked into a car with an old dude you get put in a situation and you're not sure how, how what, what to do and you're scared yeah, I, I can and you're that. nervous just, because it's an adult telling you what to do and, right. and it's it's confusing. I'm yeah. sure. Well, and like Roy the babysitter was in his like 20s. I don't know. I don't oh. think so. I think he was teenager. Well, and I, and I feel like this was a, a guy who most of the people that he was preying on were, were boys in his English class. Mm-hmm. And so this is a guy who this is the subject that he's passionate about. Mm-hmm. So he gets up there and he's talking about something that he loves. And that might be the thing that drew them in is that, you know, I'm super talking about, you know, the Great Gatsby or, or Ulysses or whatever. And he's connecting with these kids based on a similar love of fiction or a love of writing and that's that's your initial spark Mm -hmm. and then they don't know how to how to extricate themselves from the situation yeah so they take the horrible path of least resistance because that's what that's what the i mean that's the whole thing about the nature of the power in a relationship you know how fast can i get out of this exactly yeah yeah path of the path of definitely least resistance of what's going to be the least awful thing yeah. So fun home. <laughs> Yay. I thought it was, I mean, really in the end, I mean, I thought it was, it's just a, such a difficult subject to even think about tackling and to say, well, I'm going to expose this, this whole story, this ugly truth about yeah. my family because I need, I need this and to expose, you know, I mean, I think it's really, really pretty brave yeah. and mm-hmm. really pretty like raw. Well, and I liked in her acknowledgement too, she said, thank you to my mother and brothers for mm-hmm. letting me tell this story. Mm-hmm. I liked that she checked with them and mm-hmm. made sure oh, you know, yeah, that they were aware of what was happening. And, you know, for all we know, they got a little artistic license and kind of were able to say, mm, I'd rather maybe not that part. What about this part? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because so. what kind of dick move is it to tell that sort of brutally honest story that involves other people without that, yeah. letting yeah. them yeah. know first? It, it, while it's very much her and her father's story, it's also not just her story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> I thought I thought it was incredibly well done. Yeah, it, it's it was hard. I mean, I, I, like, read, I read it all in one sitting, basically. Her art was really astounding, too, because there was a lot that she kept in the background mm-hmm. before I realized I had read it before. Um, I picked up that there was something on the like 
queer side going mm-hmm. on with her dad because of the books and magazines he had open mm-hmm. in the background you know and so like i thought that was really great the amount of stuff she put in scenes mm-hmm. to kind of help you figure out what she's trying to say yeah and I it's like it's, it's a testament like like because as a true cartoonist you do all of the art you do all of the writing yeah. you do mm-hmm. all of the lettering you know and then she'd have those moments of it was very cartoony but then they, you know she'd do those like oh here's the real picture yeah. and it's something like it's an incredible different type of art that she's doing and mm-hmm. it's still like you know really well, good i really liked how she she used dialogue really well but Every once in a while, she'd do something with just the photo and no and no dialogue mm-hmm. because she had laid the context for that moment well enough that you didn't need any words. Mm-hmm. That um, I'm remembering towards the end when she's talking about um, having a, a Labor Day or a Fourth of July party, and they that uh, how. Um, another male friend of her dad's had come and all you see is like the party in the background but and those her two talking, those two very talking to each other mm-hmm. and you don't need to say anything else to know exactly what's happening right. in that and moment. like her sitting in the background watching the two of them talk to each other yeah. and mm-hmm. there's no words or anything but you can tell what is going on yeah it's very well done yeah so heavy as shit if you're if you're in the mood for on a rainy sunday to uh <laughs> really get in your own head um read von home yeah, yeah it was good so now uh, we're changing it up a bit on Gang Bangers this time. If you guys are ready, Gang, Gang Bangers! bangers! Yes. So we will be testing your ability to recognize. Oh, it's a weird jump. It was. <laughs> it's really hard to go from fun home to anything. I mean, I mean, we really should have just trailed off, and then, and then the just ended it. Over. Yeah. <laughs> so what I want you to do tonight, listeners, is read Fun Home. Think about all your and your and your family's failings. <laughs> Expose them for all to see, and then go to bed. <laughs> Sleep for Just one like, week and light, light, a, light a candle and game on yours. <laughs> uh, all right, so we will be testing your ability to recognize your favorite pencilers in a game called Artists Rendering. Oh, sweet Christ! I'm never gonna get any of this. this you oh know, me the first time in Game Ringers when it's just all goose eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be surprised at your ability to do this. Because I, 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 I said, oh, this might be a cool idea. And I talked to Kenneth and Nick. They're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know any of these. And I'm like, yeah, I can really, really think of like five or six. So we'll see. I'll start making it up. And then I got to like 20 and I'm like, you know what? I think this will be okay. So okay. Be- believe in yourselves, people. All right, Shelby, because you believe in us. We believe in us. I'm glad. All right, so I will show you a panel or a cover by a particular artist, and you'll get two points if you can identify them right away. One point uh, if I give you a couple hints based on their... T- I'll give you some titles that they've worked on. Okay. okay. That might help. Okay, so listeners will can be... Can you give us, like, their initials? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're, it's going to be better than you think, I guarantee All right. it. All right, so listeners, we will be posting the full list in the show notes so you can play along at home. Now remember, a Monica victory would get her five wins and the oh season championship. Oh my god! B, you're just behind with three hard. points, and Jackie, you're up there with two. Two. Hey, on the board. I'm so, excited about being on the board. Yo, just being on the board is the is real great. win. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna do uh, best of seven rounds with nominated. one <laughs> with one tiebreaker. So, how are you showing it to us individually? Or do we have to like? It's individual. Shout. It's individual. Okay. So, oh, okay. Uh, can we, we get gonna... points if we can guess no. someone else's? <sighs> Trying to pull Monica over there. I'm just looking for the rules. I need them to be very specific. <laughs> Monica, one sixteenth of a point, Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it. You can throw that up on my gravestone. <laughs> points, a points, a points, a point. It's too late now. All right, we're just gonna go we counterclockwise for Monica. All right, and your first thing is is, is this one. Who's the artist? <laughs> I love that she gets that one. 
All right. It's Can you name this artist? <laughs> Nicholas Scott. Congratulations. I yeah, told you. I got Yay. <laughs> Point for Monica. Best ass in the universe. Now, Jackie, can you name this artist? Come <laughs> <laughs> on, oh, Jackie. You can do oh. it. You can do it. Oh, my God. No. I'll give you some hints. Okay. Um, X-Force, Youngblood, Cable. No, I mean, I know who it is. I just can't remember the name. His initials are RL. I told you. Ru- we- uh, I sneezed. I have to. <laughs> Fine. Give her points. Can you name it? A chew. No. All right. You almost had it. I heard you almost had it. Yeah, you started it. saying his name. You did. Well, yeah. Ro- I Are mean- you trying not to cheat? Because I helped you. <laughs> no, I just Robert something, but I can't remember. So. All right. None for you. Rob Lee. Yeah. Half point for Robert. No. Okay. I appreciate you. All right. Ja- or B. Um, They're different people. Whatever. <sighs> okay. Well, I mean, I know what comic that is. Oh, shit. But I I do not know who the artist is. <gasps> All right, it's uh, Rachel Rising. <laughs> yes, Echo, Strangers in Paradise. I want to tell her. Can I give her a hint? <laughs> <laughs> I got I got nothing. Uh, Terry Moore. That's correct. He does the art and the art oh, and the writing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Monica. This is gonna be fun, guys. Terrible. Oh um shit! It's Ginger Hazing. Noel Stevenson. Correct. <laughs> I would not her Twitter handle. Yeah, <laughs> I would have accepted either. Thank you. Jackie? Oh, um, oh man. I know this one. I love him. Shit. Oh, oh my God. Come on. Why am I so bad under pressure? Um, okay, take a breath. There's no time on this clock. Take a breath. Think about it. Think about the comic. Think about. I know all the varied covers. Done, done like everything, like X23. And what does it rhyme with? Uh, I don't Do you know. Want his initial Black again? Widow and Ghost. I mean, I know, I know yeah. what he's done. Like, I literally know who it is. I just can't think of the name. Do you know how many digits in both no, of his it's, names? No, it's Phil Noto. No yeah. points for There's you. eight. I know. <laughs> I love him. All right, B. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that's J.B. McKelvey. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. God damn it. I'm just, I'm so terrible with now. names. I know. But I, I, I know. I, that's, when well. I was putting it to, oh, see, this is, I wish, I wish, um, this is bad luck for you, but here. Uh, oh, it's <laughs> I can't tell. No, um, it, you couldn't tell from that anyway. Or you could not actually do it. <laughs> I actually have no idea. Okay, Detective Comics, American Vampire, Batgirl. I don't know if you guys would know um, this one. Oh, guys. I would. I, I could guess from that. American yeah. Vampire. Nope. Dustin Wynn. Yeah, oh, okay. I was wrong. That. He's good though. Mm-hmm. You're right. His signature is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jackie. Uh, okay. I know what this is um nope i don't know it's from bombshells she's also she's also done thor archie and fashion design oh uh, can i give her a clue never read fashion design it's not a name so that is uh marguerite savage the other marguerite the other marguerite that was gonna be my clue but that's basically giving it away isn't it damn it i'm terrible at clues all right see if you know this one it looks real familiar it does to me too the middle gets harder but we come back around um, can I give her? A I'm sorry. No, stop no. trying to give it away. I know. I'm sorry. I think it's from Sensation Comics, but I don't know who that is. It's a Darwin Cook. Oh, okay. oh he's he the draw... one that died recently. Yeah, he did what? DC's New Frontier, Catwoman, and the Spirit. Did he draw um the weird parts of the Hawkeye books when we were with Girl Hawkeye in LA? No, that was a woman. Okay. It All looks right. The same. Monica, you ready for this one? <laughs> oh God. Um, 
It's intensely I realistic. need clues. That's like, real. um, it's funny because this is the guy that you always see plastered all over dudes' dorm rooms and yeah. at comic shows. And he sells a lot of art and it costs a lot of money. But he does uh, Kingdom Come uh, covers for basically a bunch of DC stuff in the 90s. Yeah, is this, he like old school then? 90s? Yeah, this I mean, looks like 90s. old comic art that I hate. Yes. Yeah. No, I got nothing. It, it, All right, that's... Is it Frank Mahler? No, it's uh, Alex Ross. All right. God, we're terrible at the artist part. That's all good. Would okay. Embarrassed. Jackie? Uh, <laughs> this is like all the art that you can buy at Ross. Yeah. On metal plates. <laughs> exactly. We have stuff like this in this our um, The first thing that pops in my head is something Simpson, but... No. I mean, I I'll, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. He wrote everything in the 19... Or he drew everything in the 1960s. Basically oh, the co-creator of Marvel yeah, Comics. Yeah, I got it. I think. I don't know. Okay. Jack, Jack Kirby? Kirby. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to guess. Yes. He was be- a badass dude. Speaking of uh, originals, um, we, we spoke of this slightly earlier, but I this think, is a cover. I from... think I know who this is. Can I have a hint? Yes. Um, X-Men, Batman, Hush. That's just not how spines work. I don't, I don't, I don't know how Hush abdominals and, work. And he basically rebranded DC through the 90s as, as one of the lead artists. I don't know. All right, is Jim, it Frank Joe? No, it's Jim Lee. Uh, oh, Jim I do know Lee. that name. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I thought Frank Cho for a second, but he wasn't properly sexualized. <laughs> All right. Ah! Monica. Is it, is it Frank Cho? <laughs> no. I it's don't a, know. It's Amanda Connor. Sure. Oh, really? That's a lady? Can I say That's that again? Man, poor power girl. How is her I back still supporting her? Mm. I mean, I like what she's done with her face, and I like the fists. Yeah, that's just classic. power girl's a whole outfit is bullshit. Also, that's not how boobs work. It's her very famous uh, Power Girl run. I like the fists. All right, Jackie, I'm gonna let you get up close in this one. I don't know. It's a it's a popular Spider Man panel. No idea, unfortunately. John Rom- Romita Jr. Oh, okay. Oh, we like him. Uh, he yeah. drew some of our stuff today, actually. All right, guys, this game's not as good as I thought it was gonna be. I told you we don't know these guys, and we're I'm terrible I'm at names. All right, B. Oh, oh, oh. Ah. Um, uh, well, the good one. Oh, it's <laughs> well, you just gave the that, answer that away. <laughs> um, is it uh, Stepin? Subject? Yes. I just made mushy noises with my mouth. Stepin <laughs> I knew it was him because it's a little bit more like soft focused. Also, it looks a lot like Sunstone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, oh, Monica. Man, I miss Sunstone. I know. <laughs> David, Asia, Asia? Correct. He, accept, yeah, he, yeah. he accepts both. Oh Fuck my you, god. John's. I'm telling John. It's all like. Is this John's? Yes. Oh. Why is there a crack in my uh, ah, Don't ask questions. All right, Jackie. We all just run. Oh, um, uh, Fiona Staple. Yeah. Okay, you guys. I got one right. Points on the board. one's really small, B. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, um, hmm, who draws Miss Marvel? I, I know G. Willow Wilson writes it. Uh, Adi Granoff? Um, close. Adrian Alfana. No, that's not that's not close. <laughs> he also did Runaways. Okay, that's why she looks familiar to me. I liked Runaways, and then I hated that, it. That that uh, did she do the, like the original art or like the second volume? Do you know? Uh, Runaways original. original. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was my favorite. All right, this is the last round. Um, so Monica, can you name? You, Monica holding a two-point lead over B. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, so it's from our um, the the magic one that we did. Yeah, and um, I can't remember who. I can't remember who. 
That's Sana Takeda. Yeah, I never would have gotten that. Oh, that's right. Um, I, I really liked her art, The too. girl who almost fainted at Image, who loves Sana Takeda. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was fun. All right, Jackie. Uh, nope. Uh, Wonder Woman, Paper Girls, Human Target. Oh, we were just talking about Paper oh. Girls. Oh, um... I read Paper Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff Chang. Correct. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. yeah pull All it right. out. B, you need to get this one in order to tie Monica. God damn it. I feel <laughs> pretty good about me. it. <laughs> Ooh. I know that one. Is it J.H. Williams the third? That's correct. Yes. Full fucking name to yeah. you Whatever. The Eat it. The That's third. Just, I know what it is, but All it's still right. six. All right. So luckily, <laughs> I've gotten a tiebreaker. Uh, so the way we will do You've this. gotten one or you have one? Shut up. Did you go out and get it for <laughs> us just now? I did. Do you have speeds like, speed like the flash? All right. I'm going to put the she thing is right Allen. here. Is that is that about right for everybody if I put it here? Oh, uh, I'm going to show you uh, this. Do we have to yell? How do we signal? Um, whoever yells it first. And Jackie, help me out if okay. you can. So, Should we do hands? No. Okay. So just just you just yell out the answer. So I'm gonna flip it around. You yell out the answer. Kate oh Beaton. shit! That's correct. Well, that one went over about at about sixty percent. But you know, I was gonna say forty-five. But <laughs> cool. I still had fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all that really matters. I mean, I actually had a lot of fun putting this one together, and it was like, it's one of those ones where if I hadn't been doing it, I was pretty sure I was I would be able to get about two thirds of mm-hmm. them. So I'm like, well, and I deleted a bunch of the ones that I knew you wouldn't get. Thank you. Oh, um, and I was like, oh, you know, it should be about 50-50 for each one with each person, which it wasn't quite up to that, so <laughs> I apologize. No, this is our fault. We should really pay more attention. It makes me think that I need to pay more attention to the artists, because yep. I believe in that. Well, there you go. That's actually the lesson we're bringing away from this okay. week's Game Bangers. Yes, definitely. Is trying to teach us stuff. Don't forget mm-hmm. about your artists, people. We should do a colorists next time. It'll just be all Laura Martin all the time. <laughs> and, and Matt That's it. Wilson. Matt Wilson, because Wilson. we love him. Mm-hmm. We do. All right, listeners, we welcome any and all commentary. So if you'd like to ask us a question, send in a note, or sell us your presidential vote, please Yo, drop us a real, line can you talk to us at getinterrupted at gmail.com. You can give us a follow on Twitter at getinterrupted. Find us on iTunes or check us out on the mothership at otlg.com where you can listen to us and many other fine audio diversions. Many thanks to the Y-Axis for our intro and outro music and Amy Watkins of Power Up Collage and Suze McNally for all the art you see in our social media. Join us next month as we read Emily Carroll's Through the Woods. That's all for us this month. Thanks for listening and remember, we have snacks. Snacks! Night of the Living Peak.